counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in Lambo, it's a whole new game. You either go big, go hard, or go on back home. You got to feel it in your gut. You better want it in your bones. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. This is Wags, and joining me as always is Dane. Dane, we've got a big week coming up here. The Vikings on Monday Night Football, and it isn't quite for the division, but uh, it's all on the line, isn't it? Packers eleven and three, Vikings ten and four, and uh, this is going to have some significant implications in everything that unfolds in front of us. Yes, happy holidays, Wags, and Merry Christmas. Christmas came early for me. Uh, and, and Packer fans this past week when the Packers clinched a playoff berth. It had been a couple seasons. I can't take this for granted. I'm so thankful to, to have the Packers back in the playoffs and to be playing meaningful football on uh, week 16. And uh, let's just say it as it is, Wags. I think this may be the toughest game of the season for the Packers. I think that the Minnesota Vikings are very talented. Going into Minneapolis, we've had a heck of a time in recent years since they built that stadium. Um, so I'll tell you what, no time like the present for the Packers to get in there, take care of their business, win any way they need to win like they've been doing all season long and taking the North back the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into the matchup and and what we should expect to see from a game plan, um, both from the offense and defense this week, I just wanted to take a moment. Let's congratulate our pro bowlers, uh, David Bakhtiari and Aaron Rodgers. They have had an excellent season, well-deserving. Wait, is that it? So, yes, I'm unfortunately, Dane. Uh, it seems like we may have had a couple snubs here. So, uh, Dane, walk us through this. Does this matter uh, to the players? And um, who do you expect to see getting a little extra motivation, perhaps, out there this week? Personally, I love it. I love the snubs. Um, not because, uh, you know, I, I know that some of these guys have a little bit extra money sometimes put into their contracts if they make the Pro Bowl. So I don't like that these guys are losing out because I think that we have a lot of guys that are worthy on this team. But from a pure motivational factor, uh, I absolutely love the fact that we've been snubbed. I think that um, truly two of our best players, Darius Smith and Preston Smith, not getting Pro Bowl nods is is absolute lunacy. Mason Crosby's having a really fine year, I think, for the Packers. Aaron Jones is having a, a terrific season. Um, and, and, and Brian Bulaga may be playing the best football of his career, uh, battling through injuries, uh, keeping Aaron Rodgers' jersey clean week in and week out. A lot of guys that should feel slighted. Um, but what I'm proud of uh, of this team is I, I think that they're really – um, they're motivated when they're underdogs. They're motivated when they're overlooked. And that's happened again with this Pro Bowl. Now, I don't think the Pro Bowl matters whatsoever, but I do think that uh, for a team that likes to find ways to get motivated, this is a great motivating factor. Sure, absolutely. And 
I mean, a lot of these guys will probably end up being able to make the trip if they want to. Uh, we know how this goes. Uh, a lot of the players that end up getting selected uh, bow out either due to other commitments, injury concerns, uh, etc. So uh, usually by the time it's all said and done, uh, uh, half the league seems to get to go to the Pro Bowl. Uh, but uh, that doesn't take anything away from that initial uh, honor. And I think that's what these players are really looking at. Um, granted, uh, this can be a little bit flawed too, and I, and I, I pay a lot more attention when uh, we look at who makes All Pro uh, than the Pro Bowl vote. But uh, the, these guys care about this stuff, like you said. So um, you know, uh, I especially think some of those guys you mentioned on the defensive side of the ball are going to be sitting there saying, "Hey, wait a minute." Come on now, and I really like that it happened timing wise, as you said. Not because uh, I, you know, I want them not to make the Pro Bowl. I, certainly, I'm rooting for all these guys to make it. But uh, we've got Kirk Cousins this week, and I want our D line to be amped up and putting a lot of pressure on Kirk because that's going to be one of the keys to this game. So, anyway, Dane, um, injuries. Let's talk through that for a second. Yeah. Packers look to be relatively healthy. They're listing a lot of guys. Um, on the injury report, but no real concerns. Uh, is there anything that's looking, um, you know, uh, that you're going to be looking for from an injury standpoint? Maybe kind of late Saturday coming into Sunday um, for the from the Packers side. I mean, um, it, there was even a couple of of surprises uh, with the active game day roster last week. I thought because of the overall health of this roster. And um, a couple of guys that haven't been heard from in a while, namely Naven, Raven Green, I'm sorry, coming uh, back and, and, and uh, making some appearance and some workouts with the team. Now, I don't know if we'll see him this week. I, I wouldn't expect that. But uh, from the injury front and particularly how that might play into who's active this week, Dane, what do you think we're looking for on the Packers side? Yeah, so B.J. Goodson was inactive last week, and that's the one that I think probably surprised you and I the most. Um, and I think that um, this week I expect him to be suiting up because the the Minnesota Vikings sure like to run the ball. And uh, I got to think that we're going to have some big bodies out there. Um, last week we saw Blake Martinez. Um, get banged up he battled through it uh, but uh, I can't imagine a scenario this week uh, regardless of who's playing running back for the Minnesota Vikings where we don't have two true middle linebackers suited up um, but Wags I mean talk about a, um, a an embarrassment of riches where we're sitting here right now where this team is so healthy knock on wood right now uh, that where we're trying to debate which contributor to our defense isn't going to suit up. I mean, it's actually pretty remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're looking at a guy like B.J. Goodson. Uh, part of that is just you got to have the best special teams contributors out there. I actually wouldn't be surprised if he's not active again this week. Um we're seeing a little cat and mouse here with the Vikings, and, and we'll get to their injuries in a second. Or I guess we can just mention the two guys that we're really looking at are going to be Dalvin Cook, which would be a big loss for the Vikings. But uh, his primary backup in Alexander Madison is dinged up as well. Neither guys have practiced all week. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what actually happens come Monday night. But 
Dalvin Cook poses a significant problem for our linebackers, um, and Blake Martinez and, and, and BJ Goodson with the amount of speed that he has when, and, and how well he hits that hole, he can just run right guy by these guys. Uh, we saw a lot of Chandon Sullivan, uh, lined up in kind of that hybrid and, um, uh, linebacker role last week and he's been doing quite a bit of that uh we've seen Tremont Williams do that at times uh, we've seen Will Redmond do that at times we've seen Ibrahim Campbell do that at times so I wouldn't be surprised if this week we're going to see that same look uh, to have maybe a little bit more speed out there as long as those guys can hold up and not get beat up too badly by blocking downfield uh, that might help uh to you know hopefully prevent uh, Cook for, or, uh, you know, Madison or any of these guys from being able to, you know, hit that hole and get through that second level before these linebackers are able to close. Uh, so that might be a little bit of a matchup game, um, but it will be interesting to see, given that B.J. Goodson was inactive as a healthy scratch last week, uh, it wouldn't shock me if the same thing happened again this week. Yeah, and then, you know, that's the question here is, is Delvin Cook playing? Uh, because... That kid is a home run threat every single time he touches the football. We saw it in week two uh, where he just ran away. It looked like the Packers were, were playing some good ball on the defensive side. And then, you know, off goes Cook. So if he's unable to play, my gut tells me Madison's not going to be able to play. It seems like he's been having a, a bit of an injury issue himself. So then it goes to their third running back. Um, and, and this kid, um, I know that on their on their roster right now, on their depth chart, uh, they've been listing uh, Amir Abdullah as their, as their third back. But um, from everything I've seen, it's probably going to be Michael Boone. Um, he had a couple touchdowns last week for them. Um, he's third string but I mean this kid as far as third string running backs go he's pretty darn good uh, he's not quite as smooth probably as Delvin Cook but very few backs are but he's got quite a bit of burst and uh, from from what I've seen and he would still you know cause some pretty significant problems I think for the Packers defense uh, but overall Wags I've been pretty impressed by the Packers defense and how they've been able to keep good football players in check for most of the season and um, despite what the, the stats say uh, I feel like oftentimes they're able to to limit some of these running backs in recent weeks um, so if the Packers are able to do that whether it's Cook or Boone or Madison or Abdullah or somebody else um, then what we're doing is we're forcing Kirk Cousins to win football games he hasn't won on Monday night football before and I think that that's what the Packers are going to be looking to do stop the run and force Kirk Cousins who's having a really nice season uh, to sling the ball around a little bit because if they do that I think we're able to put him in some difficult positions. We're an opportunistic defense. I think that's what we're looking to do. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And then the last guy that um, I think most Packer fans, at least that uh, perhaps are casually following what the Vikings are doing. Adam Thielen's been pretty banged up um, for most of the second half this season. Hasn't seemed to slow down this Vikings offense at all. In fact, it might be benefiting them because they've been uh, really running the ball so well uh, that they've been able to focus on that. And I think Kirk uh, Cousins has, has actually been playing some pretty good football, uh, but he's not even listed on the injury report this week. So he's going to be out there. Um, if his snaps are somewhat limited, we'll see. Uh, I expect that he's going to get a pretty heavy workload and be out on the field. Um, he's been someone that's 
posed some issues for us, uh, both he and Diggs. So uh, let's get into then. We've, we touched on a couple of things there. Uh, what uh, what we'll be trying to do defensively uh, from a game planning standpoint and what the Vikings are going to be trying to do offensively. So, Dane, uh, you said it, and I totally agree. The Vikings are definitely going to try to establish the run. That's what they do well. But uh, one of the challenges that this Vikings offense poses um, is that they are pretty balanced and they can hurt you in pretty much every way. Uh, they've got weapons um, on, on every part of the offensive unit um, at wide receiver, uh, at tight end, at running back. They've got a pretty strong offensive line. So starting with the Packers and if you're Coach Patton and the defensive staff, what do you think you're going to try to do to slow down this Vikings offense? It's a good question, and it's a it's it's a loaded question, right? Because I think that there's a, a lot, as you said, there's a lot of ways that they can gut you. Um, if I'm the Packers, I really try to limit the run game from Minnesota. Uh, it's going to be loud uh, when the Packers have the ball. Uh, you know, the dome it, it definitely lends itself well to I think uh, to to Kirk Cousins and and his passing attack. But Wags, I think what we do is Cousins, although having a very good year. Year, couple things about that guy. Uh, the first, when you bring pressure, he's not quite as good. Um, and if you're able to get home, uh, I think that we're going to be able to, um, you know, really make him uncomfortable in the pocket. And much like week two, um, I don't see much difference from Kirk Cousins in that sense. If we're getting him to start moving laterally in the pocket, he gets a little bit happy feet sometimes. Uh, so I think if we're able to do that and, and make him um, make him uncomfortable, uh, that that's going to be a, a very significant key to success. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, at times, especially against Washington, we saw the Packers drop back even eight men back. Uh, on defense and we're rushing the passer with three sometimes four guys uh, wags I expect a different script this week I think we're going to be sending some pressure I think that that's where Cousins uh, uh, has his most problems if he has time back there he will deliver the ball where it needs to be delivered more often than not and that's going to be a killer for us so get to Kirk Cousins rush the passer I expect a heavy dose of the Smiths not in pass coverage this week but rushing the passer I expect an uptick in Rashawn Gary playing this week he's coming on folks he's coming on we're seeing him come on right now it's very exciting to see so bring the house uh, hit Kirk Cousins and I think that if we do that uh, we're going to be in a better position to win this football game so do you think that the Packers are a little bit more aggressive in those uh, passing situations uh, where they're going to maybe send a couple extra guys or dial up a few more blitz packages. I, I've noticed in the last few weeks, particularly after the buy, and let's throw the 49ers game out for a moment, uh, that they have been at times, uh, I think, sending particularly Blake Martinez a, a little bit more. And that was something that we were looking for. So I was pretty pleased to see that we've seen that uh, as a wrinkle here in the second half of the season. Uh, but They've been playing pretty straight up for the most part. Uh, at times, it's worked fine, uh, and this defense, I think, has looked pretty darn good. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, we had some, you know, some I would say lower quality quarterbacks these last few weeks that we allowed to have a little bit more time than I thought we needed to uh, in certain situations. So uh, against Kirk Cousins, particularly, he's a guy that. You know, he can hit his target if he gets comfortable and gets in a rhythm, um, just like any other quarterback. But he can 
he seems to get hot uh, at times. He he reminds me a lot of Phil Rivers, uh, the guys that you know can look pretty bad, uh, but if they get in that rhythm, they can be awful darn hard to stop. And so how do we keep getting that pressure? I, I, I would expect and hope that we get a little bit more pressure um, from other spots, not just from this defensive line. Um, but it is going to be tough uh, to be able to slow down this run. So I, I think just like in week two, the Vikings, look, they're going to get some points. They're going to get some yards. It's going to come down to being able to stop them situationally. And, you know, they might get over to our side of the field a few times and then hopefully we can just, you know, stop them on a first or second down run and create that third and long and, and get that sack or that pressure in, right when we need it. Um, and, and that's going to be what I think really comes down to is are we able to execute in those third down situations and get off the field? Uh, because uh, if if we're giving up third down, um, you know, for, uh, conversions on a, uh, a high clip, it's going to be really tough, I think, to keep the points off the board. Uh, this defense has looked great in the last few weeks, but uh, this is a really, really good Vikings team with or without Dalvin Cook on the field. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. And it's, it's getting Kirk Cousins off the mark in a way. Something I did notice the last couple of weeks in particular, it seems like um, we've been sending our safeties a little bit more too. Uh, Adrian Amos. Uh, Savage has come in a little bit. Savage, by the way, I think is starting to look a little bit more like the, the Savage that we saw early in the year. I think he came back from injury, was still a little banged up, but he's been playing some pretty good football, I think, the last couple of weeks. But uh, do, Wags, do you expect the Packers to uh, send uh, some different looks that maybe we haven't seen? Something tells me Coach Benton's been holding off on a couple looks here and there the last couple weeks against some of these um, lesser talented quarterbacks. Um, I think we're probably going to give up a big player too because that's what happens when you send guys. But I think that sometimes the risk reward uh, to win this football game, you're not going to be able to just sit back there and let Cousins throw the ball. And I'm willing to take that risk with Kirk Cousins. Look, if we have him under pressure and he makes a great throw off of his back foot, so be it. I don't think that's going to happen most of the time. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you. A big play could happen, but I'm willing to take that risk because I think over the course of the game, uh, it benefits this Packers defense to do that. One of the things that we're really going to have to clean up that uh, when we've sent some of these guys, in, in whether it be Blake Martinez or whether it be Amos, is we need to disguise those and the guys that are responsible for covering those zones that they're vacating when they come need to close in and get there faster because we've been hurt by some short crossing patterns um, when we when they've vacated those zones uh, and uh, whether it's because we maybe didn't fake um, disguise those blitzes well enough and uh, those were recognized by opposing offenses or we just didn't close fast enough or rotate over uh, to make sure that we were in coverage um, underneath. When we do that, we have to understand that the quarterback's going to get rid of the football in a hurry. So you don't need to be eight yards behind um, to your point. It does expose us, but I, th I really like the speed that we have on the backside. Look, uh, Diggs and Thielen, they can run and, you know, as fast as uh, Jair Alexander is, if he gets beat by biting, he's not going to catch up to those guys. Right. Uh, 
Um, so we we do need to be sound fundamentally there, but I, I just want to make sure that when we send these guys that we're not getting gashed with those short crossing routes underneath. Um, I think the timing just needs to be a little bit sharper, and that could make a world of difference. Even if we don't get to Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. uh, it makes it a lot harder for him to hit his uh, points to, and to pick his spots than uh, on those short passes as well. That's that's good insight. I looking across this defense, I think the matchup again, similarly, frankly, to week two, although, you know, a lot of football has been played from week two to now, um, Garrett Bradbury, their, their center, uh, their, their rookie center. I thought that Kenny Clark had a heck of a day against him in week two. Um, right now, Kenny Clark is playing the best football of his season. He's like Mr. December for the Packers. He always seems to turn it on uh, late in the year, which I think bodes well for this Packers defense. Um, are you going to be watching the matchup as closely as I am this week, Wags? Because if Kenny Clark continues to to play the kind of ball he's playing and beats up their, their first round pick again this week, I think that we're controlling the line of scrimmage. And I think that's going to be a significant key to victory. Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that was one of the things I was circling uh, to look at as well. This is going to be, you know, a a test because um, Bradbury is certainly very talented. And as you said, a lot of games have been played since that week two matchup. Um, But uh, Kenny got his number in week two uh, and uh, has been playing excellent football. Um, You're right. So, if he can win that matchup and be as disruptive as he's been in recent weeks, that can be a real game changer, um, both in the rush and the pass defense, uh, because when you're getting push up the middle, that just really throws an offense off of everything they're trying to do. Um, so I think they're going to give Bradbury a little help on Kenny Clark this time. And so, uh, but that's fine. If he's soaking up double teams, uh, that should free up some of these other guys. You mentioned um, earlier uh, Rashawn Gary. I wouldn't be surprised on turf to see him get a few extra snaps this week. And maybe even from the inside, uh, just rotate him around a little bit. Um, Tyler Lancaster has been getting out there quite a bit. I don't know. He's going to be out there, but his snaps might be down a little bit. I think they might want to get a little extra speed out there on that defensive line overall. Um, So uh, that, you know, I don't think that should make a significant impact, but just something to be watching for, um, uh, for sure. And um, I think we're going to continue to see a little bit of Montrevious Adams Mm. getting rotated in. His snap count, it looks like, has increased a little bit the last few weeks. Um, and, uh, he's a guy that hasn't necessarily popped or made any impact plays, but uh, don't be surprised if we hear his name a couple of times this week. Uh, I think, uh, having a fresh Montrevious Adams in there, um, and, uh, he's at times this season shown up. So, uh, it will be interesting to see if this is a matchup that we get a little bit of him as well. Wags, do the tight ends for the Minnesota Vikings concern you at all? I I always look at some of our trouble spots. The center of the field has been a challenge for this Packers defense this year. Uh, When they play really good tight ends, that's caused uh, some area of concern. Uh, You know, Minnesota's got Kyle Rudolph, who Packer fans know pretty well. He's had some nice games against the Packers over the years. More of a blocking tight end at this point in his career, but can still catch the ball, has some pretty darn good hands. And then they also have their draft pick from this year, Irv Smith 
Smith Jr., who uh, I know he was actually on our list, I remember, during draft grades as somebody who could have been a, a potential fit for the Packers. Um, obviously, we went a different direction, got the better tight end in Jay Sternberger, uh, but you know this kid can play some ball. He's more of a receiving tight end. So uh, looking at their tight ends, are these guys that, that, uh, that we're going to need to account for? Yes. Um, and not because they're, you know, so dangerous that they can beat you in the ways that some of the other tight ends that we face this year can and stretch the field. But for whatever reason, Kyle Rudolph has always given the Packers trouble. And I don't know if it's just because we've had trouble with tight ends. He's sort of that safety valve, um, for Kirk Cousins. And this is, he's a prime example of what I was talking about earlier. If they're sending a guy, they need to account for um, whether it's Kyle Rudolph or Irv Smith Jr. Uh, and I would really expect to see uh, that's where that extra DB out on the field, whether it's Shandon Sullivan, whether it's Ibrahim Campbell, uh, is going to you have to really focus on covering these guys because, um, you know, uh, we haven't been able to see that from either Blake Martinez or B.J. Goodson, if he's active. In fact, most of the time, uh, they just let their tight ends run right by them. <laughs> so it's really troubling. Uh, so I I, I think they're, they can cause some problems for us, particularly in some play-action situations. They're not trying to get them 20 yards downfield, but it's those kind of really back-breaking 8- to 12-yard gains that they can really uh, hurt us and... and uh, so it will be interesting to see where this defense tries to pick its spots because even with you know one of those other guys covering them, they're big bodies, uh, so they 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 can give you a pretty good target. And so um, what what are we going to try to do? We got to try to take something away. Um, and I know that we're always trying to take the pass away. I think that's really hard to do yes um and i it does make me nervous if we're uh, allowing the vikings to work their way down the field pretty methodically running the ball um and uh, with some of these underneath passing routes so i'll be interested to see from the Vikings' standpoint what gary kubiak is dialing up from an offensive game plan because if i'm him i'm gonna just take the yards and get down the field and get the points and hopefully from their perspective, not hopefully from our perspective, uh, they don't turn the ball over the way that they did in that first matchup uh, because that was really what swung things. We got off to that 21 nothing start, and we still barely hung on despite the Vikings having three turnovers in that game. So if, if I'm the Vikings, I'm thinking, okay, well, let's just you know um, control the ball early and, um, and control the pace of the game the way they did the last three quarters. And if we, as long as we don't turn the ball over that way, uh, we should be in pretty good position against this Packers defense that's shown that they can get a little bit worn down uh, over the course of the game. You mentioned turnovers. Um, turnovers, I think, is it's always a key to a football game, but in this game in particular, um, both of these teams tend to take care of the ball pretty well. Um, Kirk Cousins has shown in his career that he can turn the ball over at very inopportune times. If you're a Minnesota Viking fan or previously a Washington fan, uh, we've seen it time and again. The Packers have, have shown that to be true even this season. Uh, so Wags. Uh, is this something we can do? And I think we'll start to transition towards the offense as well. I think we absolutely 
have to control the ball, uh, and and we need to be a team that's not giving the ball up, uh, especially in Minnesota. We can't put ourselves in bad situations. We saw what happened when we played San Francisco. We put the ball on the ground early, and we were never able to recover. If we do that again in Minnesota this week, I think that we're doomed for a, uh, a similar fate. Yeah, absolutely, and even always, but even more than that, we can't be poor executing and situational mm-hmm. um, moments, particularly when we get over to their end of the field. One of the things that I've been most frustrated by in recent weeks, and without this, I think I would be pretty darn happy. Um, and I've done a, about a 180. I was telling you before we started, Dane, I was kind of frustrated at the end of the last game, despite a hard-fought win against our, our most heated rival in Chicago. But I'm like really chipper and happy and everything's in front of us. I'm excited. At the same time, when we get down into the Viking side of the field and we're between their 30 and 40 yard line, that's so critical to me. We've been amazing and executing in the red zone, but that portion of the field has caused us a lot of problems. Uh, you'll recall just before halftime uh, in the last matchup, uh, supposedly Rodgers thought it was third and one and it was fourth and one. Um, and we talked about after the pod, uh, okay, we'll laugh about it. And I was just like, are you kidding me? No one on the sideline knew what was happening, called timeout. Um, Rodgers, the quarterback, doesn't know what down it is. How can that happen? Um, and in recent weeks, um, against the Giants, against the Redskins, and against the Bears. Uh, we've been on that portion of the field. We've taken some costly sacks. We've gotten some fumbles and turnovers. Um, we've had some costly penalties. That's really been costing us points, potentially. Uh, and, and granted, uh, Mason Crosby still has to go out there and, and, and nail the kick, but the way he's been performing this year, I'm going to like my odds more often than not. And, and the reality is... You just have to give them the shot to get out there and, and make the kick. So uh, that's that's those are the situations when we are directly in um, field goal range that we just can't be shooting ourselves in the foot and uh, taking ourselves out of being able to get some points on the board because whether we're playing from ahead or behind, this Vikings team is is much better than the teams we've been facing uh, in recent weeks, and they will make us pay for that. Yes, and they've got some studs on the defensive side of the ball uh, up there in Minnesota. There's no doubt about it. Um, it, it starts with their pass rushers, I think. Uh, Daniel Hunter and uh, and uh, certainly Anthony Barr, uh, who we, we all know a little too well at times. Um, they can bring the heat. I think Hunter is an absolute monster watching Minnesota Vikings play some football this year. Um, I probably watch Wags the Vikings second most after the Packers uh, because they are our most direct rival this year. So I've watched them a little bit more than I would, you know, maybe some other teams. And um, Hunter just is a dominant football player for them. I, he might not have the total name recognition yet, but he's going to because he's an absolute beast. Um, so, you know, Bakhtiari and Bulaga are going to have their their hands full uh, today or uh, excuse me on Monday night football. Uh, but also I think that uh, Eric Kendricks, their their middle linebacker, that kid can fly. 
He's fast. He can get to the hole. He can cover up running backs in the pass game very well. Um, he did that against the Chargers last week. He's been doing it all year. So I think there's going to be some back and forth. There's going to be some gamesmanship from the, the Green Bay Packers offense on Sunday, trying to get Aaron Jones out into some space um, and and away from, from Kendricks, maybe trying to get him matched up with Eric Wilson a little bit more, who has a little bit more difficulty in pass coverage. But um, all of this to say wags is that the Packers offense to your point is going to need to play mistake free football and we're going to need to get the points when we can get the points because it's going to be loud in Minneapolis on Monday night yeah absolutely and getting off to a fast start has been something that this offense has done really well that's been the thing that they've done the best I think this year is their first quarter offense has been excellent and that was uh, no exception. In fact, I would dare say that in this first matchup against the Vikings in that first quarter, we saw what this offense is capable of. And I think, to be honest with you, that's the best they've looked for, you know, a multiple series or in multiple series sequentially all year. And so you could say, oh, that's kind of a problem because that was in week two. But or you could say, hey, you know what? This we've got some good tape and we've seen some tendencies. Clearly, this coaching staff um, has some things that they can do against this Vikings defense. Uh, we sh- we showed it in week two. Um, so how do we extend that over the course of four quarters this week? Certainly it goes both ways. Uh, one guy that you didn't mention uh, um, on the Viking side, Everson Griffin, has ca- caused us some problems on that D-line as well. It will be interesting to see how the Packers are utilizing their personnel. I wouldn't be surprised if we have multiple tight ends out there quite frequently um, with one or two of them on the line to be at least either staying in to help block against um, Griffin and Hunter or to minimally at least chip. Now, I've got a ton of confidence in Bakhtiari and Bulaga, but uh, on on turf in, in Minnesota, um, giving these guys a little bit of extra help I think could could go a long way. Um, and and it's all about being able to get this run game going. And I think we're going to be able to do that a little bit um, against this Vikings team. Certainly, they're going to be teed up and saying, we need to take away the run because if we can do that, we'll be able to pin our ears back and really cause some problems in those passing situations. Um, Coach Zimmer uh, is someone that, I think uh, has game planned really well against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense, whether in Minnesota or in his time in Cincinnati and a few of the matchups they had there. uh, Certainly um, there's a lot of respect that goes back and forth and for good reason, a lot of talent on that Vikings defense. So um, to me, it's really, really important that I, I think that, We're not afraid to punt a couple of times early uh, by establishing the run, mixing it up a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if we're passing on first down Mm -hmm. quite a bit in that first couple of series while still, you know, when we get the first downs, uh, making sure that we're we're running 
uh, pretty frequently. And that second and third series, I think maybe we'll try to get that run game going a little bit. It's a little bit easier said than done, I understand. But, um, you know, with some extra tight ends, I know that you are going to want to talk about a couple of our tight ends here. Um, Jimmy Graham, I don't think it would be wise to keep him in as a blocker. I want to continue to see him split out, particularly against these two guys. Um, you know, that's not going to be a matchup that we want to see at all, uh, even if he's just there to assist. So um, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be interesting um, what packages we see and what formations we see. So Dane, talk us through that a little bit, because we're going to want to run out of all these formations. But uh, I think Coach LaFleur kind of, uh, showed his cards a little bit in terms of what he uh, wants to do with, with both the wide receivers we see out there and the from the standpoint of the tight ends that we have active. Um, probably going with four tight ends active again this week. I've got to think we're going with four tight ends active. I would totally agree. I We saw last week, even when the Packers were in the red zone, I saw formations where Jimmy Graham wasn't even on the field, but Mercedes Lewis was. Um, so uh, I think we're going to be mixing and matching our tight ends quite a bit this week. Um, I think Jay Sternberger wags, he he's primed for, for a game coming up here. Uh, there were a couple plays the last couple weeks where um, uh, he happened to be open. There was one play where Rodgers ended up hitting Jimmy Graham. Uh, and that was his his first read instead of going to to Jace. Um, I think he's looked Jace's way a couple times. Uh, Sternberger doesn't have a catch yet this year, but he's shown that he is not afraid to be a, an inline blocker, which was a revelation to me. Uh, when we drafted him, I thought he was going to be our um, uh, our receiving threat, and I still think that's where he's going to end up being. But he's not afraid to block, and that's very exciting. Um, my bold prediction is I think Jay Sternberger has a, a touchdown. I I think that um, you know going. From from no catches, there's a good chance, or maybe not a good chance, but in my mind, I think Sternberger gets mixed in. I think that Robert Tunyon, uh, Big Bob Tunyon, gets mixed in as well in the passing game. Um, they look fresh. I think they look a little fresher than than Jimmy Graham does just at this stage in his career. Um, and and Wags, I also expect. Uh, potentially early on, uh, the Vikings are going to want to pin their ear back. They're going to be aggressive. It's going to be loud. Would you be shocked to see the Packers uh, have Williams and Aaron Jones in the, the backfield at the same time? Would you be shocked to see the Packers uh, with a wheel route or with a screen pass to the running back um, early on? The Vikings are going to be aggressive. They're going to be coming after Rodgers' head. Maybe a quick screen pass in that first series uh, gets them on their heels a little bit. Yes, and uh, Aaron Jones had four catches in that first matchup, only 34 yards, uh, but had six targets, so he was second most targets uh, on the team uh, to Devontae Adams in that week two matchup. Um, so I agree uh, he will be heavily involved. Jamal Williams had four targets as well. So 10 targets to our running backs. So that was a, a really good call out there, Dane. Um, and I do expect that to happen this week. I actually slightly disagree with you on Jimmy Graham. I think he's a little bit better on turf. And I think this is a week where we might see him um, just do kind of a flare out into the flat and uh, if he's open and it's sort of a dump off, uh, sort of the way we have used our, our running backs at times, um, that he could be, I'm not saying he's going to get 10, he, you know, we know where Jimmy Graham is from a, a target standpoint, but I, I think we could see um, some, some big, a couple of big yard plays from him, uh, maybe in those uh, 15 to 20 yard variety uh, this week. So uh, 
that would be something that I I think could be extremely helpful is for Aaron Rodgers to have a couple of outlets. Um, that's been one thing that perhaps has been missing at times when he's been holding the ball and teams want to have uh, just play coverage uh, with um, uh, Geronimo not being able to get open, Valdez Scantling not being able to get open. It makes it really hard for Aaron to be able to find someone to throw the ball to. Uh, they're able to just drape Devontae. So I'd like to see them both have some vertical routes as well as have both Jimmy Graham and, as you mentioned, uh, Tunyon and Sternberger um, and our running backs available. So he has multiple dump-off options uh, on those pass-down situations because sometimes it's just a matter of getting the ball in the hands of a playmaker. And let's see if we can make someone on this defense miss. Uh, if they don't, so be it. Tip your cap, punt the ball. If they do, uh, those can be, you know, significant plays that can make a, be a key difference in in how this offense ends up performing at the end of the day. Wags, are we going to get our wish this week? It sure sounds like it's trending this direction where Kumaro is going to get a couple more looks in these packages. Um, that would come at the expense, assuming, I would assume, of, of Geronimo Allison or, and or MVS. Um, are we going to get that wish? I think we're going to. Yes, um, and, and, and uh, give credit to... Um, Aaron Nagler, Cheesehead TV, he was at the presser and asked uh, awesome. LaFleur, um, you know, about Geronimo Allison and, and, and basically, uh, you know, put him on the spot. Was, what is he, you know, doing ahead of some of these other guys? And, and LaFleur basically said, you know, he didn't, he's not going to throw Geronimo under the bus, but he basically said, yeah, Kumro and Lazard have earned uh, the opportunity to get some extra snaps. And so that's nothing relevatory. It's not like we're, you know, tipping our hands to the Vikings and, and those guys aren't going to be someone that they're going to, you know, game plan around by any means. But uh, for the Packers, that's significant because um, we continue to see uh, inconsistency and underperformance from MVS and Geronimo. And to me, getting uh, Kumro and Lazard out there and just having perhaps a, a little bit sharper routes, um, continuing to move around uh, when things break down. That's so key for Aaron is, is having guys that are, are moving towards the football and don't just stop and sit down, which I know that you mentioned when you were at the, the Redskins game, you saw a lot of these guys were just running downfield. And if they weren't open, they just stopped and just sort of sat down and, it's pretty darn easy to cover someone if you're not moving around anymore. So um, I think that's something that both Kumro and Lazard uh, have gained some confidence from Aaron Rodgers on. And, um, and, and look, um, Geronimo, we just, we just can't have him out there dropping uh, key passes uh, anymore because um, you know, it, it's killing this offense. And so this week, giving those other guys some looks. Hopefully Aaron is able to find them and give them some opportunities. I look at the defensive backs for Minnesota, and uh, it looks like Xavier Rhodes has been a little bit more banged up this year. I think he's getting a little bit older. Um, Trey Waynes has been a pretty good football player for Minnesota over the years. He's had some games against the Packers, uh, but I've noticed that uh, uh, opposite of Waynes this year, it hasn't been Xavier Rhodes as much. It's been more of that Mike Hughes 
that's out there. Um, I think that that's going to be a key matchup. I expect Waynes to be uh, looking at Devontae Adams quite a bit. Uh, and the Vikings are probably going to be trying to take away that that wide receiver one for the Packers. Uh, so it's going to be really imperative, I think, for Lazard and or Kumaro uh, to show up and beat Mike Hughes off the line of scrimmage. Uh, this is a very aggressive Minnesota Vikings defense. Um, but Wags, as we walk through this and we talk through this, I actually think the Packers offense matches up pretty well with this Minnesota Vikings defense. The, the Vikings, of course, can do a lot. This is not going to be an easy game whatsoever. Again, I think probably the most difficult game of the season. However, looking at it, I think that our key position groups match up well against the Minnesota Vikings key position groups. And I think it's going to be uh, a really tight game. I think it's going to be a chess match between uh, the the Vikings coaching staff and the Packers coaching staff. And um, this really is going to be telling and may end up being uh, the the difference between the Packers having a uh, a bye week going into the playoffs or not. Is the, I, It can't get any bigger stakes really than this yeah i mean the weird thing is is that technically this game doesn't really decide the division even though it kind of feels like it should um because even if the packers lose as long as they go and beat the lions in week 17 we're winning the division that said what is on the line is if we lose this game we're more than likely uh, going to see the Vikings again in two weeks, albeit in Lambeau, uh, or not two weeks, I should say three weeks. Uh, and it would be in Lambeau uh, as long as we take care of business against the Lions that last week. But honestly, that buy is pretty significant. One, I really don't, I mean, all the teams in the playoffs are good. So who, who, it doesn't really matter to me who the Packers play um, in their first playoff game, but I, I would obviously much prefer to get a buy. So um, it, that's really what's on the line here is can we get a buy and, um, you know, are we going to be seeing the Vikings in our first game or, you know, who are we going to be seeing? I really don't think it matters who we see, um, but I do obviously really want to see that buy. Um, one thing I was also going to mention, Danny Vitale has been pretty stealthily quiet um, in terms of getting some touches. Uh, in the past game and I think this could also be a week where he kind of sneaks out of the backfield like a b2 bomber and uh, makes a play as well so just be on the lookout for that and I I do want to say Dane that I like your process with Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones being on the field I wouldn't mind seeing Jamal Williams get a few extra touches early just because of the physicality that he can bring, just to set that tone. Now, I don't know if this is something that we'll see, but it's been a lot of switching series where Aaron Jones will get the first couple of series. Jamal might be on the field for a couple of carries, depending on how long uh, that drive goes. But I wouldn't mind seeing Jamal Williams out there, you know, in that first and second series, getting a couple of those carries, not at the expense of Aaron Jones's touches over the course of the whole game, but just to get him going early and to, to bring that extra physicality, I think, right away early on. So, because um, uh, Jamal has been getting a lot of those touches, I think, as the game progresses, uh, which is good. And I want to see him get some touches and get going this week because. Um, it's been mostly Aaron Jones uh, in the backfield, and we haven't seen a, a real 
you know, impactful performance, not because he's doing anything wrong, but just in terms of what he's doing out on the field and Jamal Williams. So I think this would be a good week uh, to get him going as well and uh, to uh, provide uh, some of that smash mouth element uh, to this Packers offense as well. It's going to be a battle. This is going to be a real battle. Uh, Monday night football, national TV. Wags, I think it's about time for predictions. Before we do that, I sorry to tease and hold this. What do you think? Uh, how can special teams play a role in this game? Just real quickly, because I feel like there could be some field position element here. Field goals, points will be at a premium. We've got a little bit of a return game going now. Dane, anything that you think could make a, a difference here in this game or things that we need to maybe have a little sharper? Or what do you think could we could see from special teams? J.K. Scott's going to be playing football, uh, and so is the punter for the Vikings. I think it's going to be a field, you're right, a field position battle. Um, Bailey has really stabilized the kicking position for the Minnesota Vikings. I think that he's going to be swinging the leg. I think that Mason Crosby is going to be swinging his leg too. Um, it's going to be, I think a back and forth and, and sometimes, I mean, just getting a couple first downs in games like this and punting the ball away can be seen as a win when it is a true field position game. Um, I'm hopeful that Tyler Irvin continues his success. Uh, he has had, he looks close to doing something special on a couple of these returns, even in two weeks. I don't know if this is the week, but again, Wags on the turf, you never know. Wouldn't it be nice if he has an opportunity to break one and, and really bust something open for us? Absolutely. Um, so, and um, I think we're going to get a few more field goal attempts from Mason Crosby this week. So um, he's been so good. Um, just hopefully that continues and go out there and execute and get those points when we need them. Okay, Dane, predictions. Do you want to go first or am I going first this time? You go first. All righty. I'm going to steal your bold prediction. We've been calling for a defensive touchdown, I think, almost every week for quite a while. Darnell Savage, pick six this week. Ooh, I love it. Just calling that right now. That's going to be the difference in this game, and it's going to be a tight one. Again, um, Packers defense is going to make a nice stop, and I actually think that the offense is going to run out the clock. Uh, Vikings are going to have to use up their their timeouts, and uh, – we uh, have to pick up a first down, running the ball, getting 10 yards on three straight runs, and we're going to do it. And Packers are going to come out of Minnesota with a win, 24-23. to 23. A nail-biter, Dane. We're going to do it, though, buddy. Uh, we got this. We're going to move to 12-3. and three. I want this. I want this. Let's get it in the books. <laughs> this is great. Uh, Wags and I did not plan this ahead of time. Uh, we see that the outcome the same. We're very close on the score this week, Wags. Uh, I love it. I hope you're right. I hope Savage just, you know, pick six, takes one back from Kirk Cousins. Um, I, too, think it's going to be very, very close. I'm going a different route, though, Wags. Uh, although I love your, let's just get a win. I go 23-21. Mason Crosby tears the heart out of Minneapolis, Minnesota fans with a game winner with it all on the line. I love it. I love it. Um, 
you're you're really giving my heart a test run here in the last cardiac pack legs. <laughs> yep, and uh, last week came through uh, just like you uh, called it. I think I was closer on the score. You were closer on what was going to happen at the end of the game. Uh, so if we can, you know, team up, and uh, as long as the outcome is correct. I think uh, we and Packer Nation will be uh, having an awful lot to be giddy about and having an early Christmas present um, on Monday evening. I hope Santa comes early and he's wearing green and gold because nothing would kick off the, the holidays here better than a Packer win. Yeah. So, folks, thank you so much for listening. It's uh it's been truly a pleasure uh, to engage with all of you. And um, at the sake of, of sounding a little bit uh, self-promoting, hey, can you get out there and give us a positive review? Um, just if you like what you're hearing, share us with a friend. Uh, it takes just a click. You don't even have to. You can just rate us. Give us that uh, five-star rating. Um, it just helps uh, us to be found out there and and we love sharing this with you so if you like what you're hearing and you like what you're getting uh, content wise um, we've had some some pretty cool guests on uh, in recent uh, weeks and and we have more planned um, so um, we really just appreciate you spreading the word um, and keep engaging with us as well uh, you can find us on uh, Instagram and Twitter uh, and Facebook uh, so, Dane, um, tell tell everyone how they can get a hold of us and and um, what it means to uh, you know share this uh, with everyone else out there. Yeah, I mean, this is the the most fun I have you know during the week. I love doing this podcast. It's been a lot of fun. It's been it's been fun getting to know some of these ex players and current players. Um, and you know, you can also find us on. Uh, you can call our official Cheesehead hotline at six zero eight two eight five two one. Again, 608-285-2128. And, you know, just give us a ring, leave a voice message. If we like it, we'll play it on the on the podcast here. But um, Wags, this has been fun. Uh, After last year, I'll tell you what, having 11 win football team with two games to go with a first year head coach. I honestly don't think it could be much better. Yeah, some perspective here, I think, is important. We haven't been in the playoffs the last couple of years. And as frustrated as I've been, admittedly, um, I think in the last few weeks, despite the wins, we're back in the playoffs. We're more than likely going to win the division. Uh, I don't want to count our chickens before they hatch, but um, we've got a real opportunity here uh, to uh, potentially lock up a number two seed and get a first round by despite some of the warts that we've seen uh just get in uh, and this is fun just enjoy the ride from here on out folks because this season could end abruptly or this could just be a lot of fun so um you know let's get on the bandwagon and uh you know just enjoy it because all it takes is you know one game that we maybe outperform what we've done all season at the right time and beat someone that nobody's expecting us to in the playoffs. And all of a sudden we're, you know, right in it at the end. So um, in the NFL, it's just game by game. It's not, I I think a lot of times in, in other sports, 
you can kind of take it up a level in the playoffs. Uh, you can't really take it up a level in the NFL. So this is exciting stuff. And um, I, I am just um, peachy uh, at this point. I've done a complete 180 from where I was at after that Bears game. Uh, and I'm just going to enjoy this. I'm having so much fun as well, Dane. We went out, Wags. We went out. The road, at least partially, goes through the frozen tundra and Lambeau Field. That's the perspective that I want everybody to take home uh, as they're finishing this podcast. It would go through the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Don't you dare count Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Yeah, and if you haven't listened to our interview earlier this week with Earl Dotson, he was talking about how important that was for that uh, 96 team to, they knew they needed to get uh, either the 49ers or the Cowboys in Lambeau, and neither of them decided to show up. However, uh, that was definitely key to making that run, and that's been something that Aaron's been saying over the years as well. Gosh, it would be nice if we could get some home field because it seems like we've had to be on the road an awful lot in the playoffs, and uh, I want to be playing some home games in January in Lambeau. So, uh, you know, buck up, folks. Let's Let's enjoy this. And, um, Dane, any other closing thoughts? Say it with us, folks. Go Go Pack Go! Go!